Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. You know, it's, it is so easy to take for granted what we have. And um, I don't know if you realize and appreciate the freedom that we have in this country. So I just want to take, before we go on with our service, take just a few moments for our servicemen who were tragically killed in Afghanistan this week and for many Christians that are fearing for their lives including Seventh-day Adventist pastors and members. So let's take a few moments to remember them in our prayers, silent prayer. About a year ago, just about a year ago, um, a little over a year ago, I should say, Pam and I began reading, studying, and uh, experiencing the role and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And our lives have immediately been impacted, and we excitedly began to share our experience with some of you. Um, and as I was preaching, <laughs> my own preaching has been impacted and affected by this new lifestyle so that some of you inquired how to join us in this spiritual experience. So um, we made a, a, an invitation and, uh, and on the first two Sabbaths of September last year. We made an invitation for those who would like to join us in this wonderful spiritual experience, and, um, and we did. We had a meeting right after church, um, and we had another Zoom meeting that was in-person meeting, and we had a meeting on Sunday night. Later on, in January, more people added, about 18 more added, so in total of about... 52 participants in the Holy Spirit small groups last year up until now. In fact, at the end of the year, I counted and we had still 43 actively participating, which means some dropped for various reasons. You know, life happens. And we, we enjoyed fellowship of, with many of our own members, including people that were not from here because they heard about us. You know, obviously, some of you are watching probably online this morning. And we had, uh, we had people from LaGrange, Kentucky. We had people from Campbellsville, Kentucky. We had people from Orlando, Florida. My, my brother and his wife from Atlanta, Georgia. We, we had uh, someone from High Point, North Carolina. Somebody from Hot Springs, Arkansas. We had 
even someone from Calgary, Canada. So it was awesome to have this fellowship with people. And let me tell you what made it unique and what makes it unique. Two pillars of safety fellowship that guarded those meetings were commitment and confidentiality. Commitment to God and to each other by attending and confidentiality. What is shared in the meetings stays in the meetings. How many times have you heard that in an Adventist church? Not many times, right? Well, it took a while for people to grasp the truth of that. And people opened up to share their lives. And bonding began to happen. And healing began to happen. And God brought His Spirit into those meetings. A true fellowship that I've, that we, I've never experienced in the Adventist church before. Um, true healing. And by the way, speaking of healing, last week, you may have missed some of us here. Um, we, Pam and I, we invited those who were part of this Holy Spirit groups to come to a retreat with us. The retreat was about hope, healing, and holiness. And I can tell you, my, from my perspective, that I have experienced the highest, one of the highest spiritual experiences I've ever had in a church setting before. And uh, 16 of the 20 attendees received anointing in what I can call the, the, the most wonderful anointing service. The praising after the anointing alone, people were bursting into song, into songs, into reciting, into poems. Almost an hour after that, I was like, whoo, that's exciting. So today, I thought we want to share our experience as we take this Sabbath as, yes, Holy Spirit, but also a consecration Sabbath for our church, for our people. We wanna, and we want to seal that commitment at the end of this service with a communion service. As I said earlier, Pam and I, we were so excited. We got baptized by the Holy Spirit. And, and that experience spilled out into my sermon. So we had the opportunity to share. But those that were part of the groups, they never had the opportunity to share except in the groups. Every single meeting in the groups was packed with testimony, powerful stories. And... Uh, before I ask them to come up and share from their life how the Lord led, I want to ask them if you ever attended a meeting of the Holy Spirit to stand. So I want to acknowledge those who, who attended because I know there, there are a bunch of people. Wow. All these people attended. Uh, and I know, I know they have wonderful stories to share. So now if you are inspired, if you are motivated to share with our church fellow brothers and sisters, feel free to come on up. We don't have a revolving mic because that sometimes creates problems. So if you could come and share with us how the Lord has blessed you. Do you have a story to share? Our Holy Spirit people. Who would like to share first?
I'll be the brave first person while the rest of you, you know, calm your nerves and get ready to come up here because I know you guys have stories too. So, like he said, he started the first group in September. Is that what you said, Pastor? Yes. And when he presented it to the church, I was so excited and I was like, yes, Pastor, I want to do it. My mom and I both got a book. We were ready to go and then we dropped out the first week because, well, I, I said, my life is too busy and I don't have time for this, which is terrible, but it's the truth. With school and everything else going on, I mean, September, think about it, school had just started. So I was feeling overwhelmed. I dropped out. Then when Pastor presented it again to start up in January, I was like, okay, I really want to do it this time. Maybe call it a New Year's resolution, whatever. But this time I came to the group, and even on the nights that I felt like I was too busy and it was too much, I still came anyway. Uh, what I appreciated about um, Pam and Pastor was that <clears throat> they never made me feel bad when I didn't have time to read the chapters ahead of time. They're like, come anyway. And so I did, and I'm so glad they said that because I still got a huge blessing on those weeks where I was a little too busy and I didn't have time to study the book. Um, but I was able to gain a lot from the group discussion anyway. And so I faithfully went every week um, shortly after we started, um, something happened at school, and quite honestly, this is part of the testimony, I really can't remember the exact situation. <laughs> um, but I do remember that it was something that affected my schedule, and I was really upset because how could they not tell me they were changing this on the schedule, and now my schedule's all messed up, and I was really, really mad, and it was the middle of the school day. and. Um, Come to realize, I was not paying attention in the meeting where they mentioned the change, but that didn't make me any less upset about it. <laughs> so right there in the middle of class, I was literally teaching my kids phonics. I dictated a sentence to them, and I quietly turned, and I prayed. I said, Lord, I cannot be with all this hatred and hurt in my heart right now. I'm trying to teach these children, but I'm really mad about what just happened. Can you please send the Holy Spirit to remove it from my heart and my mind? I kid you not, after I said amen, I turned to my students and it was gone. The feeling was completely gone and I have never ever experienced such a quick answer to prayer like that in my life. That was the moment for me that things truly changed. That was the moment for me that I said, this, I needed this. I needed this Holy Spirit study. I never understood how important the Holy Spirit is. No matter how many times we say that God is three in one and they are all equal, God the Father is not above the other two. I don't know about you guys, but I always thought the Holy Spirit kind of had a lesser role. Well, I have found out otherwise. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is extremely important, and if you have not experienced that yet in your life, please, please, please consider studying about the Holy Spirit because it will change your walk with God. Thank you. Hey, disclaimer, I hope not to get emotional. This was a very emotional experience. 
so I'm an only child. So a lot of times when you hear children saying, I've got an invisible friend, I've got an imaginary friend, you don't know what they're talking about. So maybe that child's crazy. Well, perhaps not. I was very angry when I actually learned the role of the Holy Spirit. I had gone through a Christian walk for decades, not knowing the importance and the comfort and what the Bible meant and what Jesus meant when he said to his disciples that he would send a comforter. I did learn what that meant when I experienced the Holy Spirit group. I'm very thankful to the experience and I'm still learning. Each time I make the commitment and the step, the devil comes at me harder and harder. All I want to say is that take the time to breathe. Take the time to know that when you feel lonely, you do have a friend when you don't think you have a friend. And yes, we thank God, we thank Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has been here with us and many of us didn't know how closely he has walked with us. And I'm very grateful for this experience. And this is not just an Adventist thing for those listening. This is something that I want everybody to experience. For children, this is your key. If you call on the Holy Spirit, and if you don't know, ask somebody. If you call on the Holy Spirit, you'll always have a friend. And that's all I have to say. Well, that was my first uh, experience, my first retreat. I never knew how much I had missed. I never knew that people were going through the same experience that I did. I thought I was the only one ever had experience, I mean, bad experience, humanity. And this morning, in the worship time. I never felt, I never felt what the Holy Spirit was until I went to that retreat. And that rain is still coming down on me. Oh God, I felt so good. I feel so, so blessed. And it keeps raining. It keeps raining. I hope it never stops. Amen. I've never felt like this before. I never knew people like I know Adventist people. People who care. I want to say just like Deborah said, if you don't know him, know him. You need him. Thank you. This is hard for me to be up here by myself, for anybody who knows me. Um, yeah, I got support over here. Um, 
So for me, like so many have said, there's so much about the Holy Spirit growing up in the church that I never knew. And that was something we discussed even during the meetings that we were all like, how have we not learned about this sooner? We have missed so much. There's this key that was just always missing. You know, you felt like you had so much of the puzzle, but you're missing that one little piece where things just weren't quite right. And when the pastor had, offered, um, had first asked if anyone wanted to join, I knew immediately I had to be a part of that because that was the missing key that I had been praying for. Because I knew I was missing something that there wasn't quite enough. So as soon as he said, I looked at my husband and I said, I don't care if you do this with me, but I have to do this. We're gonna make it work because I have to do this. This is what I've been praying for. So I'm still learning a lot about it too. And as we all keep saying is that we want to reread the books because you just feel like, you know, every time it's like, you just got, there's so much more information. It's just like reading the Bible. There's just so much, so much every time you read it. But I remember one time after having prayer with my prayer partner and I was leaving my room and all of a sudden my back hurt so bad. And I was like, you know, when I, you know, we have back problems, you got problems, you know, and I'm just like, okay. And I go out to the living room, my husband's there, and he's like, my shoulder has just been hurting, it just started hurting really bad. And I was like, wow, okay. And so I started doing laundry and I started thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. This is what we've been talking about. This is the attack of Satan on us because we're studying and learning and growing closer to God. So I immediately started praying and rebuking. Satan, in the name of Jesus, and immediately the pain was gone. I felt it leave. And I was like, holy cow, oh my word. So I go into it, I look at him, and I said, how's your shoulder? He goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. I was like, praise God, what, what is happening? Like, this is real, like, this is real. This is what we're reading. And it just was like, you know, amazing. And this, the Holy Spirit meeting we had, the retreat we had, it's just been Ms. Holiday had said, I felt it every day, all week long, and I could feel when Satan was trying to attack. I homeschool, I could feel in our class when Satan would start to attack. The kids and I would stop, we'd talk about it, we'd pray about it, we would rebuke Satan, and we'd be able, peace would come over us, and we'd be able to get back to it. It's just amazing. So if anyone is ever wanting to know that extra peace that Jesus said he was leaving for us, join this group. Like Christy said, it doesn't have to be perfect, because we're not perfect, but you're going to get something out of it, and it's worth everything. I just wanted uh, to talk about a little protection that Sandy and I have uh, had yesterday, we had just had a uh, Bible study session with Rick and Rita, and uh, after uh, having lunch and so forth, uh, Satan really took out after us. Sandy and I were driving around the Watterson Expressway, and we were trying to avoid a, a big crowd uh, because of a wreck on I-71 North, so we had gone down and taken a taking a loop uh, and we got back up to Waterson Expressway and it was pouring the rain. I mean, absolutely, some of you were out in it, I'm sure, but it was really pouring and, uh, and, and, and our car quit on us. 
uh, and the car, there was so much traffic out there, it was just unbelievable, just whizzing by. I wasn't sure I was going to even be able to get over onto the apron, and by only by the grace of God, uh, we were able to just barely get off onto the apron, and uh, so we were both petrified, uh, you know, because we did, you know, I, we knew it was a drivetrain because it came up on the instrument, you know, on the, on, on the, uh, on the screen that it, that it was a drivetrain problem. So Sandy and I, I said, let's pray. So we prayed, we prayed for protection and for help. Uh, and so I got on my AAA, the call of AAA, and they said they'd dispatch somebody out there. And within 15, 20 minutes, they got somebody out there, but the ones that showed up, he had a trainee with him, so they didn't have room for, for us to go. So he said, we'll have, we'll have to get another truck to see if they can get another truck out here that can take both you and your wife. So anyway, there was some things that happened, started happening, and uh, one of the things was I said, I need to call my brother Martin. So I called Martin. Martin just happened to be out and about on, on Westport Road. And he said, sure, I can, I can come and get you guys. So anyway, so I called Martin. And then all of a sudden, a police officer pulls up. And, and he pulls up right in back of us and puts his lights and everything on and so I said, wow, you know, this is, and so I went and started talking to him, and, and he was just the nicest officer, uh, his name was Renault, and uh, he stayed there through the whole thing, and, and, and protected us, and it wasn't long until I, I'm talking to another uh, person that's on his way with a tow truck, obviously had a foreign accent and so forth. So anyway, he, 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 he was going the opposite direction. He said, I see you guys. So he said, I'll be there in just maybe five or ten minutes. So anyway, he shows up, and his name, I said, what's your name? He says, my name is Moses. I said, Moses, wow, wow. And, and where are you from? He says, well, I'm originally from Liberia. And, and so, anyway, he took complete care of us. I mean, so nice. He was just so nice. And in the meantime, Martin shows up. He t I, I said, why don't you just go ahead and take Sandy home? He said, sure, I'll do that. So I, I go with uh, this man, uh, Moses, and, and we talked the whole time. He told me his testimony about how he left Liberia 16 years ago and he wasn't a Christian at the time, but they were being attacked by rebels, and, and he was, his life was in jeopardy. He, he, he spent two years in prison there. And so he goes on and tells me this whole story, and I, I wish I could, we had time to tell you the whole thing, but, but this was a man of God, and I said, Let, can I, do you mind if I pray with you? And he said, no, I'd like that. So anyway, I... I, I said a prayer, and I was just so thankful, and I know that this was not of my doing whatsoever. It was the Holy Spirit completely, and he defeated Satan.
I think if we were to share all the testimonies that were experienced during the meetings, we'll spend here the whole day. And I got, I got a guest speaker that's just about to come on. So I uh, will sing a song and then we'll go on with our program. It's gonna be a little over 12.30 when we're gonna leave here, plus we're close to 12.45. But I know the Spirit of the Lord is here and you will be blessed. Oh 
I know I've never done this in church. I hope nobody gets offended. I'm not going to erase. I'm just going to use it for an illustration. Watch what happens. I want to stop. And I can't stop. But what happens? Well, let's see. What happens when I stop? Can I keep my balance? Why can't I keep my balance when I stop? There is no more momentum, no more movement. Mm, my friends, I want to tell you something. The Seventh-day Adventist Church was never meant to be a static church. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, from its beginning, was a movement. And when we stop moving, guess what happens? We lose our balance. I think 2020 did a number of us, a number on us, because it feels like we stopped moving. And from my pastoral ex experience and observation, not just in our church, but the church in general, the Christian church in general, has stopped moving and people lost their balance. I want to say that Pam saw this a uh, couple of days ago. And I think this is something to look at. This is what we need to have as our motto these days. Make sure you test positive for faith. Keep distance from doubt. And isolate yourself from fear. Trusting God through it all. This morning... I got a, 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 you know, as we studied about the Holy Spirit and being connected with Pastor Dennis Smith, I got to realize that I'm not the only one experiencing and preaching this. There are other people throughout the world. There are pockets of people all over the world this day that believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the role in transforming lives. So... I happened to find Pastor Stephen Farr. He is from the Upper Columbia Conference uh, in uh, Pendleton, Washington. So I invited him to be our guest speaker for us this morning. And he will share, it's not a long sermon, he will share his testimony of how the Holy Spirit played an important part in his life. Well, happy Sabbath to everyone at the Middletown Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am so excited to be here today. And I just want to say thank you to Pastor Maria Servin for inviting me to be a part of this weekend. I know that there has been an emphasis on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit going on as your pastor has been leading all of you in understanding this very crucial teaching this very crucial understanding that we need to have in our relationship with Jesus to understand how the baptism of the Holy Spirit actually empowers us 
not only in our relationship with Jesus, not only in our relationship through Jesus to actually knowing God the Father, but also empowering us to love God and to love others and to actually walk out the calling that he has given each and every single one of us. You see, in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, we actually find out that we are called, one, to repent, two, to be baptized by water, but three, the thing that Jesus has made possible, the baptism that Jesus makes possible for you and I is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to have a relationship with him that leads us into doing all of the things that God the Father has planned for each and every single one of us. So my name is Pastor Stephen Farr, and I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a testimony about what God has done in my life as a result of the very ministry that your pastor, Maria Serban, is doing in your church. When I was a young man in my early 20s, I was homeless on the streets. I made the decision that I was going to call my grandparents and ask them to let me move into their house. You see, uh, as a young boy at eight years old, I knew that God had a calling on my life to be a world evangelist. I knew that as it says in Matthew chapter 24, that God had called me, just like he's called each and every single one of you, to be part of preaching the gospel of the kingdom into all the world as a witness to all the nations. As I watched my father, who was a lay evangelist, preach sermons and lead music around campfires, I always said to myself in my heart, one day I'm going to grow up to be just like you, Dad. One day I want the Holy Spirit to be poured out in my life. I want to be able to preach sermons like you. I want to be able to lead music like you. And I want the power of God through me to lead people to Jesus and to eternal life. Well, as it would happen, when I turned 12 years old, my parents got divorced. I had been praying for several years that God would keep them from getting divorced. And after their divorce, I became disastrously discouraged. I was totally torn apart by the enemy and by his attacks on our family. And I walked away from my dream to follow God. So many years later, as I'm sharing with you, I was about 24 years old and I called my grandparents and asked them if I could come and live with them. And when I moved in with them, I decided that I would start reading my Bible and praying again. And one of the very first texts that I read was, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. I couldn't believe it. And in this sense, I, I thought to myself, well, my grandparents are a lot like my father and mother, and they're my grandparents, you know, and, and they invited me to go to prayer meeting at the local church in Boring, Oregon at the Hoodview Church. And so the very first prayer meeting I go to, the pastor and his wife there, Jim and Betty McMurray, were leading a prayer meeting, and they were just starting to go through this very book that I'm holding in my hands right now. So, Pastor Marius, this is so exciting. This is the very copy that I was given when I went to this prayer meeting, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith, and it says right on the cover, what is it? Who needs it? And why should we receive it? In my entire walk with Jesus, I had never really considered the role of the Holy Spirit in my life. I had never understood past repenting and getting baptized by water that I needed the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life every day to be empowered by God to live out the life that God the, the Father expects of me. Now, all of us understand we go into the Bible, we open it up, and we hear Jesus say, hey, if you've known me, you know the Father. But most of us neglect the thought that like the disciples who were walking the earth with Jesus, we can't walk with him physically in person because he's gone back to his father in heaven. 
And so as you actually go through the book that Pastor Marius is taking all of you through, which is the 40 days of prayers and devotions to prepare for the second coming, you're going to have an opportunity to go through the very thing that I went through. This book actually is way more dense. So every chapter is much longer. It takes a lot longer to read. The resource that Pastor Marius is going to actually be using here in your church is one that will only take you 5, 10, 15 minutes a day to read through the devotional, and then another 5 to 10 minutes to call your prayer partners and go through that season of prayer. What's amazing about this book is not only does it help you to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it helps you to understand many different themes concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So all of the things that I learned in this book that I'm showing you here is broken down into a daily devotional that allows you and a prayer partner in your church to go through 40 devotions that actually help you to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to come into a relationship with Jesus that can help you know the Father. Because as we know, Jesus says, hey, it's to your advantage that I leave and go back to the Father so that I can send another, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And when he comes to you, he will not only bring you peace, but he is going to guide you into all truth. Friends, not only do you and I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we also need to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives be shared with others so that they can know Jesus and through that relationship with Jesus, know the Father and discover God's plan for them and the role that he wants them to play in sharing the gospel of his kingdom with all of the world. Let's see what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Just to drive the point home to you that I'm, and, that I'm making, and I want you to show that it's not my idea, it's actually in Scripture. See what it says here. It says, but you, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you, that means each and every single one of you that are listening to the sound of my voice right now, every person who chooses to follow Jesus, right? But you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall, not you might, you shall be witnesses to me. Witnesses to who? Witnesses to Jesus. You know what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes? We become a witness to Jesus. We come into a saving relationship with Jesus, and through knowing Jesus, we know the Father. And as a result of that relationship, as a result of the Holy Spirit drawing us closer and closer to Jesus every day, we get to know him. He comes into our life, and then through us, through that ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit being present in our life, the people in our lives that we're praying for end up getting to know Jesus too. Isn't that amazing? I want to share one last verse with you before I go back into sharing just a couple more thoughts um, for my testimony. But in 2 Corinthians 3.18, there is a verse that helps describe the process that happens in your own life when you are praying daily for the Holy Spirit and you're spending time in devotion in relationship with Jesus. Check this out. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Friends, you know what happened to me after coming off the streets and going to the prayer meeting there with my grandparents? I was homeless on the streets. I move in with my grandparents. I start opening the word of God, right? I go to prayer meeting. I learn about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I get an opportunity to go through the same information that, that Pastor Marius is going to be sharing with you, that you're going to be going through with your prayer partners, that you're going to be going together through together as a church and praying together for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit daily in your lives. I got to go through all of that information, and here's what God did in my life. I'm going to give you a little 
fast forward of what God did. I go to this prayer meeting, go through the book, understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm praying for the Holy Spirit, studying my Bible every day, and guess what happened? Over the years, God changed me from glory to glory to be more like him. Over the years, I got to know Jesus, and through knowing Jesus, by the Holy Spirit empowering me to have that relationship with Jesus, I got to know the Father, and the Father told me everything that he thinks and knows about me. Wow, the very creator of the universe, God, helped me to see who I really am. And guess what happened? Oh, Pastor Marius, I'm so excited you're letting me share this with your church. This is exciting. God took me from homeless on the streets to in only three years being a volunteer pastor of the Estacada Seventh-day Adventist Church. In just a few short years, literally teaching them how to pray for the Holy Spirit and have a walk with Jesus that's empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, that church went from 25 people sitting in the pews to 120 plus people attending every Sabbath. Then God gave me the opportunity to go on to Arise. I went to Light Bears and, became, and got to be trained as a Bible worker uh, at the International School for Soul Winning and Evangelism there in Jasper, Oregon. And then after that, God opened up the opportunities for a guy that had only been homeless just a few years before to go to Walla Walla University. And through countless miracles, he provided a way for me to, to get a degree in theology at Walla Walla University. After that, I got called to go to the Pasco Church in the Upper Columbia Conference. I pastored there for a couple of years as an intern. And then God opened the door for me to go to Andrews University and spend three years studying and get a master's of divinity. Can you believe this? Now, I want to remind you that God had actually given me the calling to be a world evangelist when I was a little boy. As of right now, Pastor Marius and all of you there at the Louisville uh, Church, uh, at the Kentucky, at the church in Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky, the Middletown Church, uh, all of you there that are listening to me right now are literally looking at a man who only just 16 years ago was homeless on the streets. And now God has taken me on this amazing journey where I have been able to speak to people all over the world. I got to speak to people in Canada. I got to speak to people here in the United States. I got to speak to people in Jerusalem. I got to preach only five miles from where Jesus was hung on the cross. I got to preach in Nairobi, Kenya, in Pakistan, in South Africa, in the Philippines, in Hong Kong, you name it, places all over the globe, Oregon, California, Washington, Idaho, and now even for the first time ever, God is allowing me to share the amazing things he's done in my life with you, the Middletown Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Friends, you're getting ready to embark on an amazing journey. You're getting ready to do the 40 days of prayers and devotions to prepare for the second coming with a prayer partner. And friends, given the times, given the times we're living in, can any of you give me one good reason why it isn't the right time for our church, for all of us who have decided to follow Jesus to go to our knees and plead for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives? I want to share one last short story with you before I end my time with you here this morning. I had just moved in with my grandparents, and I was very discouraged. One night, I was in my room reading my Bible and praying, and I decided to say, God, I want you to prove to me that you can use me. You see, I was struggling with cigarettes and alcohol and everything. I was trying to break the pattern of addiction. I was praying for God to change me and make me into the man that he wanted me to be. But I couldn't believe that God could actually use me. Now, one of the aspects of this book is, is not only are you going to be praying with a prayer partner, but you're also going to have prayer cards in the back of the book that allow you to choose five people that you're going to pray for. 
And the beautiful thing about these prayer cards is, is it actually encourages you to list specific things that you're praying for. It asks you to pray for the Holy Spirit to show you caring activities that you can do for these people. And it even has a little check mark spot that allows you to check each day as you're praying for the five people that you and your prayer partner are praying for. And you each choose five people each. So a total of 10 people are being prayed for as you're going through the devotion and praying with each other. It's amazing, right? So here's what happened. I decided to test what the book was telling me would happen. Pastor Marius, I prayed, God, if this is really true, if you can fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me to preach the gospel of the kingdom to all the world as a witness to all the nations, then prove it to me tonight. I put on my Carhartt jeans and my Billy Idol leather jacket, and I went to walk out the door of my house. And just before I left, I saw a little Gideon Bible sitting on the corner of my grandfather's dresser. I reached out, grabbed the Bible, stuck it in my inner coat pocket, and I didn't look like a preacher like I do today. In fact, I walked out of that house and I walked five miles to the max train and went all the way down to downtown Portland, praying all the way, God, if what you say is true and you can give me the Holy Spirit and I can be baptized with the Holy Spirit and then you can use me to preach your gospel of the kingdom into all the world as a witness to all the nations, then prove it to me tonight. Well, I went downtown and I had that Bible in my pocket and I looked a lot more like a homeless person than I did a preacher, but all evening long, I went around and Marius, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then suddenly, at 11 o'clock at night, I was in the middle of Pioneer Square, Portland, all alone. Nobody was downtown. And suddenly, a person walked out onto the square. They walked up to me and they looked at me and they said, excuse me, sir, are you lost? And I said, well, no, I mean, I'm not lost in the sense that I don't know where I am, but I mean, I may be lost. And then they looked at me and they said, did you know that the last train from downtown Portland leaves in just a few minutes at the top of these stairs? And I don't know, I've seen you wandering around downtown all night and I don't think that you're from here or you know where you are and you better go get on that train because it's not safe to be down here in the middle of the night. After this conversation, I turned around, ran up the brick steps as fast as I could and got to the train just in time to get on before the door closed. When I walked onto the train, I was stuck with a whole bunch of people going home at the end, the very end of the final late night shift that was going on. The entire train was covered with people. I was standing in between two carts on the back of the train and I turned around and looked to the back of the train. And at the very back of the train, three seats from the back, there was a girl sitting on the train, looking down at her shoes. And she looked more depressed than any person I'd ever seen in my entire life. In that very moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Stephen, that girl right there is the one that you're supposed to give the Bible to. Well, friends, as, as fate would have it, she was surrounded by people who were wearing really long chains and do-rags that were the very color of a local Portland gang. I was terrified. I said, God, are you sure this is the divine appointment? How do I know this isn't just my own thoughts? Well, the voice kept getting louder. Stephen, you got to go to that girl before she gets to her stop and gets off the train. You asked me for a divine appointment. This is your divine appointment. You prayed for the Holy Spirit to use you. This is your moment. I'm the one who inspired you to put the Bible in your pocket. Stephen, you've got to go talk to that girl. Well, finally, the voice got strong enough and loud enough that I finally decided to start walking. Friends, what happened next is something I'll never forget. I started walking towards the girl and I got about three seats away from her when suddenly she looked up from her shoes, looked me right in the eyes, and she said, I kid you not, words I'll never forget, here's what they were. You're here to give me a Bible, aren't you? Wow. My knees buckled, I fell into the seat across from her and she told me her story, here's what she said. She said, listen, I'm a single mom, 
I get up every day and I take the four o'clock train in the morning downtown. I work three different jobs and I go home on the last train every night. I have a mom who has cancer and I have three children and I'm raising them all on my own. And all of my jobs only give me enough hours that they won't have to give me medical. She says almost all of my money goes to covering my mom's chemotherapy to try to help her fight cancer. And I can barely feed my three children. This morning when I was on the train, I heard a man singing a Christian song. And in that moment I said, yeah, right. God, if you are real, you certainly don't care about me. And then she had an idea across her mind. She said, listen, God, if you actually care about me, I couldn't even afford the Bible to read it to learn about you. But if you're really out there and you care about me, and if you actually can hear the thoughts that I'm thinking, if you actually know the prayer I'm praying right now, if there's really a God like this Christian person who's singing on the train thinks, then before today's over, you cause someone to bring me a Bible. And then she looked at me after finishing her story, and she said, well, are you here to bring me a Bible or not? At that moment, I had tears streaming down my face, and I reached into that Billy Idol leather jacket and pulled out the Bible and put it in her hand. Friends, I just want to finish by saying this. You have the opportunity over the next 40 days to not just read through a devotional book, but to spend time each day with a prayer partner, with your church in your small groups, however uh, Pastor Marius is organizing this, you're going to get an opportunity with prayer partners in small groups with your church to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I just want to remind you what it says in the book of Acts. It says, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, that will be the power which enables you to preach the gospel of the kingdom into all the world. Friends, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14 says, and this gospel of his kingdom will be preached into all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Friends, if we're going to preach the gospel of his kingdom in the world we're living in today, we're going to need the Holy Spirit. And I know that my life is a living testimony that I was failing in my Christian walk. I was struggling to quit drinking and smoking. I was homeless on the streets. I had wandered far away from the purpose God had for my life. And when I went and lived with my grandparents and got introduced to a prayer meeting that was studying the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was studying the very resource that you're studying, the very information that you're going to be learning from God's word, from this wonderful Adventist pastor and author, as you're spending time together praying, the same God who took me from homeless on the streets to being the pastor of the Pendleton Pilot Rock Church District and an evangelist that gets to speak to people all over the world is the God who's going to be empowering you to be a part of his kingdom and a part of sharing Jesus, the word, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to eternal life with others. I'm so excited that I've got to share my testimony with you today. And just before I leave you, can I say a prayer for each and every single one of you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are amazing. You've told us that if we want to be saved, that we need to have faith in Jesus. But if we're going to have faith in Jesus, we need to know him. Uh, Lord, when you went back to heaven, you said, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to send you another, the person of the Holy Spirit, to be with you, to guide you into all truth. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we are so excited that the Middletown Church in Kentucky is getting an opportunity to come together and pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit over this next 40 days. Lord, be with them, encourage them, strengthen them, empower them. And Lord, like it says in Luke 11, verse 7, it says, 
You are a good father who desires to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. You're waiting to give us that gift. So Lord, um, just encourage each and every single person that as they are praying for the Holy Spirit, that you are answering that prayer and that you are empowering them to live a life that is victorious in a relationship with you and to share Jesus with others, to share the gospel of the kingdom with others so that we can see your face soon. Thank you so much, Lord, for doing that in my life and giving me an opportunity to share that with others too. And Lord, please bless Pastor Marius and his church in this effort. Lord, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Bless those that have come together to work with him to reach people for the kingdom is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite our deacons to come with commitment cards. Uh, yes, this is what we're going to be studying, and this is what we're going to open up for all of you who'd like to be part of this movement and who'd like to be part uh, of a group that will literally help you through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform your life. We're going to go through the 40 days of prayers and devotions to prepare for the second coming. And I would like them to, yeah, if you can uh, just share them with everyone, and then they can, uh, they, they can um, take, uh, make their decisions if they want to join us or not. Um, we, will have, we will have two groups after church service on Sabbath. And we will have one on Zoom on Sunday night. And I'm not sure, yeah, if Sam decided which, which day and time will be good for him. But, you know, um, if, if you would like to, to join these groups, I can promise you, it, you know, when Paul talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's what happened to me. And many of you can testify. Annette did testify how she felt the rain of the Holy Spirit on her mind. It is real. It is true. Uh, so as, as you fill out these cards, um, Pam and Tracy will sing a song, Welcome Holy Spirit.